Hi, and welcome back to the show. Today, I have a really exciting guest joining me on the podcast. His name is Ricardo Pedroza. He is the United States Executive Director for Pro Colombia. We are talking about Colombia today, and it is really uh, everyone is talking about Colombia as the hottest outsourcing destination right now, it seems. And I certainly know a lot of uh, BPO. Uh, owners and management are all sort of heading over to Colombia to check out the country and to look to set up satellite offices and to hire staff there. So I certainly feel uh, the enthusiasm for Colombia. But it isn't a new outsourcing destination. It has actually been in the game for uh, 15, 20 years already and has um, a very strong backbone of call center operations. Uh, and of course, it is near shore to the US, so it's a very similar time zone, uh, Spanish speaking, which is very valuable and important as well. So it's a great destination to consider for outsourcing of uh, any and every type. Uh, Pro Colombia, which we will hear about, is the, I'm going to say this wrong, but it's effectively the promotions and support agency of Colombia. Uh, and outsourcing is one of those industries that it is looking to support and promote. Uh, so it's really great to have uh, Ricardo Pedroza. He is talking to me from Miami. Uh, he is based in the US uh, and is the executive director of Pro Columbia for that part of the US. So really excellent conversation and, and I was so happy to learn more about Colombia uh, because it is just uh, sort of a hot topic right now. As always, if you want any of the show notes or if you want to get in touch with Ricardo or Pro Columbia, go to the show notes. That is at outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. Enjoy. This podcast is brought to you by Outsource Accelerator. We are the world's leading outsourcing marketplace and advisory we help big and small businesses with their outsourcing needs, and we can help you too. We cover everything from offshore business and staffing strategy, optimal outsourcing structures, implementations, and fully managed services. If you are already outsourcing, about to start, or are somewhere in between, then we can ensure that you get the best from outsourcing. That's the best prices, best terms, and of course, the best results from your offshore operations. The Outsource Accelerator Marketplace now covers over 3,000 outsourcing firms, representing a global workforce of over 5 million people. We also host this leading outsourcing podcast, publish inside outsourcing, and have over 15,000 pages of content on the site. Because we span the entire market, we can ensure that you get the best deal possible. Get in touch today. Visit us at outsourceaccelerator.com slash quote. Also, if you find this podcast interesting or valuable, please share it. We have now produced hundreds of episodes featuring the outsourcing world's most prominent luminaries. Please show your support by sharing this podcast today. 
so good to have you. How are you? I'm, I'm very good and thank you for inviting me. I'm, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you, Derek, and, and your audience. Thank you so much. Ricardo, I think I might be more excited. It seems I'm based in the Philippines and it really seems that Colombia is having its time in the spotlight right now, certainly for the outsourcing industry. And I'm very connected to the Philippine outsourcing industry. Everyone is talking about Colombia. Uh, a lot of the, the BPO owners are visiting Colombia. They're looking to set up sites there. Uh, so really excited to have you on the show. Uh, we want to discuss, of course, Colombia. We want to discuss pro Colombia's role in that uh, and the outsourcing industry generally and, and how it's all going. So, so welcome to the show. And I suppose, Ricardo, you know, do you see that from your side? Do you see, I, you know, I'm, I'm not in Colombia, but I see incredible sort of growth and trajectory of the outsourcing industry in the Philippines, in, in Colombia, sorry. Is that, is that the case on the ground? Yes, that's, that's the case in the ground. Uh, the country has been uh, working very hard in terms of generating uh, this business because it's it's a business that it's beneficial for both sides for for the country for the people that have uh, jobs and obviously for the companies that hire good people and very competitive prices so it's something that has been developed in the last years uh, and is moving steadily into the with with, with each each year more more seats in the country and more companies uh, willing to come here. So yes, we are uh, here seeing that uh, movement and that perception that is a reality of what Colombia is doing on the PPO sector. So uh, we are very happy about that. And uh, we are working on making that people have uh, options and uh, companies too. So it's happening. And so I want to talk about the whole industry in a minute, but the, you know, and it's obviously very strategically located. It's a near shore destination. It has the same time zone effectively as the US. Um, but it's it's not new to outsourcing, is it? How, like, Colombia has been somewhat of a call center destination for many decades, has it? Is that, is that right? Yes, it has been a destination for the last 15, 20 years, uh, and it's maturing. Uh, so it's not something new. It's something that we have learned and companies have found very good talent here. Just, just a, a fun fact. It's a real one. And uh, we have a, 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 our, our, our country story. We tell that Colombia is the most welcoming, most welcoming uh, country on earth. And if you visit Colombia, you will find that we are very, very familiar, people very friendly. And that's what companies find when they look for people doing the BPO job. So if you have someone that naturally is friendly and is looking to solve your, your problems and to help you in whatever you need to be helped, uh, then you have a, a very positive start. So that has been something that plus the business side and the competitiveness uh, companies value. And that's why we have been growing so much in the last years. Right. Fantastic. And pro-Columbia then, can you, I suppose, as a, as a conduit into this, can you introduce pro-Columbia and what its role is in, in the development of Columbia? Yes, um, I'll be glad to do that. <laughs> I, I oversee the operations for, for pro-Columbia here in the U.S., but pro-Columbia is a, a government agency that promotes on one side uh, tourism 
on the other side, foreign direct investment, and on the other side, Colombian non-traditional exports. That's what we are talking about. That's why we are talking about today, because obviously services is a non-traditional export, since we traditionally export uh, uh, on one side uh, minerals like oil or gas or coal, or on the other side, fruits, vegetables. Uh, but this is something that is new in our, in our uh, offering and has only 15, 20 years. So we promote this type of, of exports to the, to the world. So that's what ProColombia does. ProColombia has presence in, 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 in many countries. Uh, we have presence in, in 22 countries and with direct presence, and we have uh, people in more than 30 places around the world. And that's the job we do. Uh, here in the U.S., for example, just to give you an example, we have people present in, in different countries, uh, cities like Miami or Austin, Atlanta, New York, Washington, L.A., but we have offices in Europe, we have offices in Asia, we have offices in, in Latin America, and uh, every day uh, we just wake up looking for options for the country or on tourism or um, for their investment or promoting non-traditional exports. Um, we work very hard in, in order to make sure people understand what Colombia is, what Colombia has to offer, and uh, to understand on the other side what are the needs from the different countries and the different organizations and different businesses, and try to match them and put them together. So uh, as we usually say, our job is to make the job of, of, of the Colombian exporters and the Colombian potential buyers easier. We put them together in order to see what each one has to offer and, and, and need, and then start a conversation that usually ends with businesses. So that's what we do. That's what we do in ProColombia. Work for the country for, for diversification uh, of our offerings and uh, to bring people there as a visitor or to look for foreign direct investment. And it's uh, it's it's state supported, isn't it? Uh, Pro Colombia, it is part of the the government to help promote the country and its industry. Yes, that's correct. We are part. We, we are a government agency. We are part of the Ministry of of Tourism, uh, Trade and uh, and Commerce, and uh, we are government funded. So the the services we provide, we don't charge for those services uh, because they are. Uh, something that the country invests in. Mm. And again, I, I see that as such a green light. The, the government sees this as a, as a, as a good win-win opportunity for all involved. And so it has the green light of the government. And so that people entering into these sort of arrangements and these kind of business deals, it, 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 um, it's a very positive pathway, isn't it? You know, it's got the full support and everyone is really behind this, these kind of things working out. So it's, uh, it's very valuable to see. And you, Ricardo, you, um, you've cut your teeth. You've got you know a fairly significant, esteemed career. You've cut your teeth on technology and industry. Do you want to just give a little bit of background as to your journey? Yes. Um, a little bit of, of myself. I, I, I've been in ProColombia for five years. <clears throat> I've been leading the U.S. operations for... The last uh, 14 months before that, I worked for ProColombia II leading the operations in Europe. And before that, I spent most of my career in the IT sector. I, I, I worked for companies like 
like Red Hat, like Oracle, like Microsoft, uh, where I led the, the country and the region in some, some opportunities. Uh, so I, I understand very well what the BPO business is, what the services are, what technology can bring to the table, and what the needs in terms of services are. Uh, I would also mention that I was in certain part of my life also an entrepreneur. So I understand also what the businesses are looking for in terms to grow quickly and uh, profitably. Due to my background, I can just help the companies to, to have a positive conversation in terms of a real under deep understanding of what their needs are and what we have to offer. Yeah. And again, that's a very powerful collaboration, isn't it, between the private sector and, and the government and industry when it all comes together and um, getting high caliber people from industry to, to sort of figure out how to how to build successful industries. It's it's very powerful. And then Colombia, you know, you mentioned uh, briefly and, you know, something that stuck out in, in that you said was um, professional services are, are a non-traditional export. Uh, and, you know, despite the fact that it's been happening 15 to 20 years, um, but, you know, it, it's funny that it, it's still seen as non-traditional versus um, manufacturing or, um, you know, resources and, and all of those traditional ones. And but because it is very much a new kid on the block, isn't it? You know, you've never been able to export uh, professional services outside of transporting people and labor migration has always been very controlled and controlled at the borders and you know it's very political and and generally labor doesn't migrate very easy anyway but now with the technology interface and the fact that people can now sort of work anywhere in the world while sitting at home and they can participate in the global economy then you now have this this sort of non-traditional export which is um, professional services, and it, it's kind of a fascinating evolution, isn't it? And it has really only been happening for, as you say, kind of 15, 20 years as a result of the enablement of internet and communications and technology. And that's only going to increase as I think the world is more connected, it's more sort of internet-driven um, and sort of more singularly globalized. Uh, it, it's quite a sort of powerful trajectory, yeah? Um, do you do you sort of see? I don't know my question to that, but do you do you see this kind of from your technology background? Do you see the trajectory as sort of heading towards more of a sort of single global economy where everyone is sort of participating in one global workforce or or labour pool? Uh, I, I, yeah, I would say that technology is putting people together. Uh, I, I would say that uh, in the case of my country, all you mentioned uh, is happening. Uh, we have a, a really positive transformation in the last decade at least. We got, uh, we had projects that, that built the backbone in terms of communications. So, so we have uh, the, the infrastructure that allowed the country, allows the country to, to be connected. So you will find that 95% of the population has access to, to bandwidth, to, 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 to good bandwidth. That means that, that then you have a door to, to, to the world. And uh, that's one thing. So, so you need on one side the, the, the infrastructure. And I think that most of the countries have already very invested in this. And that infrastructure allow you to get connected. But 
obviously technology is a, a, an enabler, is not a, a, a mean itself. You have to have also people. And uh, in the case of Colombia, for example, just to share a little bit about wh what we are, we have close to 50, 55 million people. And uh, we have a, a, a large sector of those 55 million being people below 30 years. So that means that, that there is a, a potential not only on what the country did in terms of, of communication, but in terms of what we have to offer in terms of, of, of people available to, to be able to provide those services. So I think, yes, the, 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 the world is, is coming together. Uh, today, uh, we, we can go to a BPO and have someone having a conversation from Colombia with people close in Colombia or in the US or in Europe or in Asia. And uh, there won't be a huge difference once or the other. They all felt the, the same. So uh, taking advantage of that is very important. And I think that not just the, the people and, and the infrastructure, infrastructure, but also uh, how do you do differentiate your services in terms mm. of what you have to offer. And we have seen that uh, companies are looking, obviously, for, for quality, for commitment, for flexibility, uh, creativity. And this is something that in some cultures works perfectly, in some others don't. So uh, we take advantage of, of these cultural benefits that we have in terms of offering a, an additional plus. So, yes, I, I think technology helps a lot. Technology has been an enabler. Uh, technology will continue to do that in the future. I'm, I have no doubt about that. And uh, we weren't speaking today. If there were no technology around ourselves to help us, you and me being in very different places and having this conversation is one example of it. Mm. Incredible, isn't it? And yeah. so Colombia then, you know, maybe you, you spoke to obviously the population and young population. And of course, it's near shore. So it's very similar. Um, can you speak a little bit of the outsourcing industry, you know, like, a little bit about the size, uh, kind of the, the um, sophistication of the industry. Can you give us a picture of how many people work in the industry, for example? Yeah, I, I, I can I can tell you several things regarding to to the industry, and uh, let me start with some some figures. Uh, for example, there is a a offshore confidence confidence index released in twenty twenty one. Uh, and Colombia was ranked first in that uh, uh, index uh, in categories, for example, like government support and VPO uh, infrastructure. So it's just an example of, of the maturity that the industry is getting into the country. And again, for me, it's easy as a Colombian to say it, but, but when, when I just say something that a third party said, I, I feel more comfortable in terms that, that it's not only us Colombians saying that we are good, but uh, others saying that we're doing it, it, it okay. Uh, I would say also that uh, Colombia was uh, positioned as in second place for economic stability, followed uh, by, by countries like India, Philippines, and Egypt in terms of fiscal measures that were taken into terms of, of mitigating the, the impact of COVID-19. So 
the country is not also responding to what has been happening in the last 15, 20 years, but it's also reacting very positively and quickly to what we as a world uh, had to, to, to live regarding to the COVID. So, so that means that the country has the, the speed to move and the speed to, to, to be able to, to respond to, to something that was not planned and none of us expected uh, at that moment. Um, we, we export close to, to 800 million on, on, on services. It grew last year close to 40%. So it's something wow. that is exploding. And uh, among those services is obviously the BPO or IT and software services or even audiovisual production. So these sectors are, are really looking at Colombia. And uh, I would say that today our main customers are located, for example, in the, here in the U.S. or, or in countries like uh, South America, Uruguay, or in Europe like Spain, um, or, or even in, in Chile. So you have customers around, but uh, I would say that the U.S. is one of the, of the most important customers uh, for us. Um, we, something to, to mention is that uh, if you take a look at most of, of Latin American countries, they are very concentrated in one place. The case of Colombia, because of our history and our geography, we have three mountains in the Andes, uh, made us a, a very diverse and, and non-concentrated country. So uh, we have those services exported, for example, from from 26 cities, not just from the main capitals. And it's something to highlight because that's, again, the access that you have to, to, to the talent in different areas. In one, in terms of access to talent, but the other one in terms of giving back to people jobs in, in different areas. But obviously, the main three or four cities that represent probably the 70, 80% are Bogota, Medellin, Cali, and, and, and Barranquilla. And they serve close to 85 countries around the world. Um, specifically on, on BPO, we, we estimate that out of those 800 million, uh, close to 350 uh, were uh, pure BPO services. So based on that mix, you can see that the, the mix that Colombia has is not just a, a pure BPO mix, but has value added. Uh, and some companies are... Um, considering Colombia for, for shared services and for services that are more complex than KPO. So it's something that, that we look very positively because it's not just the, the, the let's say, the simple entry-level service, but it's more also something complex that helps to run organizations, and it's happening here. So I would say that we employ close to 600,000 people uh, as I mentioned, in, in different in different cities, and uh, that's a little bit uh, about the, the sector, and that is what is happening in Colombia today, and maybe what I have to share with you in terms of positioning, what giving uh, a perspective of what the BPO sector in Colombia is. Yeah, no, it's fascinating. And do you know how much of the industry is in English versus Spanish? Is 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 that sort of known? I would say that probably 20% around is in English and, and the, eight, the other 80% is in Spanish. As some of the customers are in Latin America, some of the customers are in Spain and, uh, and some in Portuguese uh, for, for Brazil. 
uh, and we serve a lot of the Spanish speaking. I don't know if you're aware of it, but U.S. is the third, I guess, the third or fourth largest speaking Spanish country in the world mm. after Mexico, Spain and Colombia. Mm. Uh, they're close to 40, 50 million speaking, Spanish speaking people here in the U.S. So we serve that market, too. Uh, so English is close to 20 percent. It's so important, isn't it, actually, the Spanish? And, you know, there's obviously a huge swath of the world population speaks Spanish, not English. You know, it's actually it's, English is not really a, a dominant language. And then also when you look at the U.S. population that, that does speak Spanish, uh, it's really, really, really significant. And, you know, I think India and the Philippines, you know, they're, they're very strong, obviously, in outsourced services, but they're relatively homogenized countries with not a lot of immigration. And there's, so there's very low penetration of, of other languages and certainly Spanish. Um, so certainly the, you know, Colombia and the nearshore destinations have a very strong advantage there in terms of in terms of that language and you mentioned as well uh, that the the um, kpos and kind of increasing the the capabilities you know i see a very significant corollary here with uh, the manufacturing industry you know when uh, japan and china first started manufacturing or offshore manufacturing it, it was sort of laughable quality and, and they were derided. But fast forward only 20 or 30 years, and now their manufacturing capabilities and capacities are far you know, in advance of, of America and China now manufactures you know, the highest quality components in the world. And it doesn't actually take long, does it? You know, and I, I see sort of a similarity with the outsourcing industry where it started with very basic call center functions high repetition, low sort of input. Um, but fast forward 20, 30 years and, you know, they they almost form the backbone now of many of the world's leading companies, all of the, all of the major brands and all of the technology companies. A lot of the Hollywood movies are being post-edited in the Philippines and India and, you know, a lot of the technology companies are largely being run by proxy by these offshore destinations. It's a fascinating picture, isn't it? How, you know, after only 20 or 30 years, these industries can develop to become very high capability, high capacity. Okay, yes, I, 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 I love your, your comparison. I, I didn't see it that way, but I fully agree. You start with, with basics and then you, you evolve if, if you have the capacity and, uh, and, and the people and the, and the willingness. And I think it's happening here. Uh, the, 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 the industry obviously started very simple, and and you see examples. Yeah, just to share with you, uh, I since since I'm here in the U.S., I have the opportunity to talk to several of, of the local companies, and one of them is, is UPS, for example. It's a global company, and what they mention is, uh, you know, Ricardo, we started uh, several years ago with Colombia's one spot out of my, my mix, and then I found that uh, that spot could grow and they invested more then they decided to have more complex businesses complex businesses here and uh, i would say that a large part of the of the of the shared services center and outsourcing capabilities have been migrated to colombia from them 
So it's it's one example of what you just mentioned that uh, it started very simple and and keep on moving with the sophistication. And one of the things that they they say that it's working for them is is when the availability of people, obviously the technology, obviously the the, the time zone. Uh, if they have to come here, they are three, four, five hours away in a flight, which is sometimes a shorter flight than moving coast to coast in the U.S. And it's something that people don't, re- don't realize. Coming to Colombia from the U.S. sometimes is closer than moving between two cities in the U.S. So if they take into, into consideration time zones, if they take into consideration the possibility to speak in English and Spanish, if they take into consideration the flexibility that people have, if they have, if they take into consideration technology that they have, don't have to, to, to have one center in Colombia, but they have, they can have the, the people around the country. Uh, they decided to concentrate, and, and on the other side, they, they felt very, very, very well with the people and the, 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 the attitude towards the help, help and to solve problems. They decided to move most of their operations here. So uh, you have the, the knowledge, you have the people, and uh, you have the processes in place, and it's working. So, yes, I, I love the analogy on, on starting with something simple like happens with Japan in the 70s and 60s, and in the end being uh, a leader in terms of what you develop and you learned. Uh, I will use this example in the future. Yeah, please do. Please <laughs> do. You know, what I find as well with the Philippines is, you know, and, and I, I feel for the sort of emerging outsourcing markets that are very new, very young, the Philippines now has 30 years experience. And that means that you now have a lot of top executive talent that have built their entire careers in outsourcing and they understand it. And it's very difficult to come into outsourcing and replicate that from day one. And, you know, um, mature industries like Colombia, Philippines, India, they they have this kind of executive talent and um, leadership that sort of solidifies the capabilities of the industry. And it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting to watch these newer nations, you know, that people are talking about Jamaica and Vietnam and Fiji. And, you know, I'm sure they have incredible capabilities as well. But um, certain things take a certain amount of time to mature, don't they? And then you kind of solidify the foundations by having so many, you know, hundreds of thousands of people working in the industry and, and maturing within the industry. It's... Uh, yeah, that's, that, that's true. Yeah, just to to complement a little bit the, the the example that I gave, they they started, for example, with three people, and up today they have more than eight hundred. So it's mm. it's a long journey, but it requires, as you mentioned, uh, maturity. It requires again people, but requires also management and requires uh, processes, and obviously technology. That we started the conversation with that. So. So yes, they grew from from three to eight hundred and still growing. So it's it's a good example of that. Yes, it is, and it's quite a rare industry as well. Where if the client is successful, then of course th- there's a lot of internal growth. You know, like uh, I mean, it's it's a great story, but it's also quite a common story that people start with three staff and then they realize, look, this works. It's got a lot of lot of benefits, and then they go to ten to a hundred to a thousand staff. It's uh, it's an incredible sort of growth opportunity, isn't it? And yeah, a win-win, because, as you say, as you open. The... Yes, and, and when you invest, you 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 not you just not invest for the next year, but you invest for the future. And if you're able to scale, is something very very critical because 
uh, you're making an investment in, in knowledge and there are a lot of hours behind that and you want to be able to to see if it works uh, they have the capability to to grow it the, to what they need the business needs so scaling is key and having the capability of doing that is, is something that is also or has to be taken into consideration and uh, Ricardo, I don't know if this is, uh, hopefully it's sort of a, a bygone topic, but uh, how was, you know, very briefly, how was COVID in Colombia and how did it respond? But I suppose more relevant is what is the situation with uh, home-based versus office-based? How are people perceiving it in Colombia? Do you think the trend is towards home-based? How do, how do you see that whole mix? <laughs> yeah, COVID changed everything. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in terms of how we communicate, uh, now we have more virtual meetings that we used to have, and it's uh, a good thing. But obviously, the, the mix, I, I would say, that is, is in the end what is the, the right thing to do. Uh, what, what we did as a country, uh, and as I mentioned before about the, the ranking, uh, the, the dimension that we did very well in terms of, of reacting is, uh, when you have something that is not planned, you have to move quickly. And I would say that Colombia did it. Uh, we had two responsibilities. On one side, make sure people have jobs, but on the other side, people are healthy. And it's something that to balance is very critical. So I think as a country, we did a, a good job in doing that. We immediately, and the government moved very quickly in terms of of generating the, the environment in terms of the laws and the requirements for people to start working from home. So even though before the COVID there was uh, there were some some legislation around that, obviously COVID changed it dramatically. And so it's not a matter of I go and work two days from home, but I need to work maybe for months from home. So we did that that move. And uh, what we learned is that uh, it created a new environment in terms of opportunities. So since I mentioned before, we have a very good infrastructure in terms of, of technological and the backbone for people to have access to good internet bandwidth. Um, most of the companies now are considering not just a hundred percent going back to, to office as before, but to having a, a mix. And I would say what is happening in Colombia is that, is that the, the, the infrastructure is there, the legislation is there, and the business needs uh, are flexible in terms of makes sense for me to have my employee at home, I can do that. Or do I need them to go to my place? I can do that. So I think that, that when we start at the beginning of the conversation, we talk a little bit about flexibility. I think that what is happening right now in the country is that, that uh, a company that establishes its business here in Colombia or that requires uh, the services from Colombia can have the, the opportunity to, to be very flexible in terms of what they want to offer their, their employees or, or the potential employees because we don't have to, to forget that even though some of these services are, are contracted by third parties, in the end, the consumers they are looking for is all the whole chain. So if, 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 the, if you see that people are working uh, from home and, and you value that uh, with, with good um, quality, uh, is something that has to be, can be offered. Something that I, I also mentioned uh, that COVID brought to the table was um, the question about how you're sourced in terms, for example, of, of 
of your your where your working space or the energy for example that you get to work and uh, i would like to say that uh, also covid made us uh, aware of something that we had and we didn't talk about that much too much and is close to more a little bit more than 80% of our electricity grid is clean energy uh, most of wow. it is hydro and uh, the other percentage is renewable energy solar and, and wind so going back to, to co your covid question it brought flexibility it brought the possibility that companies can align their needs for staffing regarding the needs with that customers do and i will go even further in terms of uh, not only staffing but how i'm being uh, sourced from from the energy level so this type of, of different new factors uh, are to take had to be taken into consideration because now you're not looking just for a service you're looking for the 360 picture of what is going behind the service too yeah and i mean you are based in miami which is you know it's not close to colombia but it's it's really not that far conceptually uh you know with covid with everyone sort of forced into this new remote uh, reality and a lot of businesses that weren't embracing remote were suddenly forced to embrace remote do, have do you notice conversations there that you know people in miami are saying well if i'm going to pay someone to sit somewhere else in miami i might as well explore colombia for example it just seems it's it's a lot more of a natural stepping stone now isn't it that sort of remote has unbridled people from a physical location and then of course people will look for talent um, based on on talent as opposed to necessarily where they are sitting or where they're they're born do you have you seen that sort of conversation come into the collective consciousness in around miami uh, i would say that not only around miami but in the us i think that COVID, what accelerated was the possibility from people to to be to feel comfortable having someone remote so now we don't have to start uh, just following up very close. We know that it works. You know that you have responsible people and the processes in place and the different measures. Uh, you can have a very good productivity. And today, what companies are looking at, many, many uh, U.S. companies saying the same thing. And it's, it's not a matter of only looking for a cost-efficient service. It's a matter of finding the talent. Mm. So they are looking for talent today. And uh, if you find, it, find the talent, you are willing to pay for the talent, even though it's in the US or outside, as long as you have it. And uh, sometimes they would say, I would rather have someone with the right qualifications sitting in an overseas, in this case, Colombia. And they even say, paying the same as or close to what they pay in the U.S. as long as I have the talent. So that the fight is, is going a little bit further, not just looking cost efficiencies for cost efficiencies, you know, looking also for the for the right talent, because sometimes having the right talent has the potential to multiply whatever cost you may have. And it's just having that optionality, isn't it? I mean, it's it's there's a talent pool of eight billion people in, on the globe and uh instead of you know limiting a search to a finite part of Miami, for example, which might have a catchment of 100,000 people, 
it's uh, it it's just it makes sense, doesn't it? You know, to to sort of look on a on a global level, which is it's it's going to be a fascinating next uh, couple of decades, I think. But uh, so, Ricardo, I want to be um, mindful of your time, of course, and thank you so much for explaining and giving so much insight into Colombia. And I mentioned to you earlier, I, I traveled to, I was lucky enough to travel to Colombia about 20 years ago now, and um, I traveled all around South America, and, and really Colombia was a shining light there. It's an absolutely beautiful place. And, you know, the, the old historic cities like Cartagena and then the very new and modern cities like Cali and Medellin and uh, really incredible place and i certainly know a lot of bpo owners are uh, now um, traveling over to colombia to check out uh, the country for for their next sites uh, so really really exciting spot to be in um ricardo i suppose pro colombia again you know it, it's 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 an agency that is there to help support people in their outsourcing journey which is very powerful and it has the blessing of the government which again are all these sort of powerful green lights um who 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 should reach out to ProColumbia? Is is it for clients looking to outsource? Is it for outsourcing firms looking to expand? How would you say ProColumbia can sort of plug into someone's needs? Yeah, I, I would love to to have uh, those people or companies interested contacting me, and, and I will move it internally depending on the geography. Uh, as, as I mentioned, we have 20, 22 offices around the world, so we'll be more than happy to to put in contact the, the people that require to understand a little bit about the country with the most uh, closest office to, to where they are located. So uh, they can reach me out and, and my email and my LinkedIn, and uh, we can start from there the, the, the connection. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And I'll, I'll, of course, put those in the show notes. Uh, and the website, if anyone wants to check it out, is ProColumbia.co. Uh, and again, that will be in the show notes as well. But uh, okay, fantastic. Perfect. Thank you so much, Ricardo. It's uh, great to have you. No, thank you so much for the time. I, it's been a pleasure for me, uh, Derek, to, to share these ideas with you, to talk a little bit about my country, to talk a little bit about the transformation, to talk a little bit about what the options are and, and the positive direction in which the country is. The country you visited 20 years ago and uh, you were surprised uh, at that time based on, 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 on the information you had. If you visit the country again, you will be again surprised. The country has changed dramatically in the last 10, 15 years. Uh, infrastructure, uh, development, education, uh, environment, uh, energy, as I mentioned before, uh, and I can continue mentioning different things that had changed in the country for positive in the last years. So uh, thank you for letting me the space to talk about it a little bit and uh, hope that companies and people get a little bit uh, interested and curious about Colombia and uh, for business or for tourism uh, or for investment. More than Absolutely. welcome, and uh, we will more, we will be more than happy to help anyone to have interest in my country. That was Ricardo Pedroza. He is the United States Executive Director of Pro Colombia. As always, if you want to get in touch or learn anything, any more about what we discussed in the podcast, go to outsourceaccelerated.com/podcast. And as always, if you want to ask us anything. 
just email us at ask at outsourceaccelerator.com. See you next time.